You're about to listen to a sermon by Reverend John Cramper, head pastor of the Shekinah Temple of the International Central Gospel Church, Akosumbu. We hope that this sermon will be a blessing to you. First Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 1 to 8. I read, it says, Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, to the church of the Colossians and Thessalonians, in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith, labor of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of our God and Father. Knowing, beloved brethren, your election by God. For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance, as you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit. So that you became examples to all in Macedonia and Achaia who believe. For from you, the word of the Lord has sounded forth, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place. Your faith toward God has gone out, so that we do not need to say anything. Amen. This morning, I'm talking about what I've entitled... Influential church. Influential church. We have defined influence over and over, and it just means the capacity to affect something, the power to have an effect on people or things, or to affect or change how someone or somebody, something develops or behaves or things. So, that is influence. And now for church, we know it is church you. It is me. It is what God has called out of the Lord and put us together for a purpose. That is a church. Now, we've been talking about the influence, influence, and influence. One of the things we have to understand is that if we are talking about influence, we cannot talk about influence Becoming very effective without the church. The church must become an influential church. The reason being that God placed the church at a certain position where the church cannot fail to become influential. And so it's important for us to understand that. And unless the church understands this point and then rise up, to its full position in every locality. By that which I mean is um, like Shekana Temple, wherever every local assembly has been formed, the church there must rise up so that we will perform what God wants the church to perform. If we don't do that, then we will, we will, we will be having a church. Then the question we have to ask ourselves is this. Why did God put the church there? Why is a church? God could have just created a human being, created a family, maybe government system, and leave the church. But there is a reason. There is a reason. So if the church stopped from performing that which they are supposed to perform, then for me there is no need for church. Somebody said, but pastor, we come here and listen to the word of God. And after that, what next? And the Bible makes us to understand that God says he is building a house. And the building he is building, he is not using the stones as we do, but he is using the lively stones, which is you and I. That 
is the church. And as a matter of fact, that is the reason why Jesus came to establish such a kingdom which is called the church. And so if the church ceases to become influential, then why is the church? We don't just go to church and just go sometimes people will even do what we call playing church. So they use the church as a playground. Today he comes, another time he's there, he just go in there oh, and doing whatever he wants. He was there three months, then he comes one. Another time he's there, he come, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, baby, I saw, oh, then I will go. Playing church. And sometimes using the church as an excuse to do so many things. No. God has set the church on a hill to influence the world. God set the church on a hill to influence the world. If you read the book of Micah, chapter 4 from verse 1 and 2, it makes us to understand which when I was explaining this, the background, I quoted that scripture. That he said, the last day, the house of the Lord shall be set on the mountain of the Lord. Which if we look at this backdrop, you will see there. That is the house of the Lord on the mountain of the Lord. Highly exalted. Above every institution in the world. So that if it's above every institution in the world, then it also means that it is not just there to occupy a space, but it's there to serve a purpose. So when God says, or Jesus said that, you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. A, a light that is light up cannot be hidden. You cannot lose your salt. You cannot do that. It does not only refers to us as an individual, but as a church. The church must be a place where people will look up to. And we cannot be hidden. No, the church cannot be hidden. That is why you read the history, church history, you will see a lot of people who have tried to crumple the church, kill the church, and destroy it, but they are not successful. But sets have come. Occults have come. And they have been crushed and gone forever. But you see, the reason why you cannot crush the church is because the church is a personality. And that personality is Jesus Christ. So there's no way you can crush it. It's a living being. It's not a society. It's an organism that moves. That is what we call church. Now, when you understand it that way, then you know that there is a reason. In the mind of God, why did he set a church? We are not just on this earth as a group or something God just wanted to put together to just have fun. Only to come and worship him. Only to come and praise, pray, him, pray to him or just praise him. Or ask him things when we need him. No. There was always a purpose. You look to the Old Testament. He chose the children of Israel. And they were the church. As they were coming. There was a leadership. Moses was their pastor. That is why he took Moses to the wilderness. For 40 good years. And all that Moses was doing. Was handling sheep. Moses didn't hear the voice of many people. Things. He was always hearing the word, meh, 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 meh. So by the time God called Moses from the burning bush, Moses said to the Lord, I cannot talk. I am not an eloquent. And God said, who told you you are not eloquent? Moses was eloquent. But because God taught him how to handle the sheep. And in the wilderness, the voices you could hear was meh. Man, and he can't talk to man. So after some time, Moses became somebody like who doesn't know what to talk, how to talk. Because in the book of Acts chapter 7, when Stephen was being challenged and he was talking, he talked about Moses. And he said, Moses was a learned in martial art and so many things. He was brought up in Egyptians king's house, Pharaoh's house. He wasn't so much naive. He's not somebody who doesn't know anything. If you know the history of the ancient Egyptians, 
you will know that yes, he wasn't just from any dumb place because he was Pharaoh's son. So the church has been set in the point where we should influence. And it's very important. And we look at it even that you look at this church of Thessalonians. They were influential church. The Thessalonians had gone through challenges, but they were very influential. So much that the Bible is talking about what we read, you could see. It said that they are faith. The word of God, they have sounded it out. And he said, when we came to you, you have so much received the word and all that you did, not only within Thessalonica, but also to the province of Macedonia. And from Macedonia, it didn't end there. You stretch it out to Achaia. When you go through, you will see that you say, you go to Beria. And then he, they keep on influencing and influencing. Because Macedonia used to be a very good place, a province, market, and they didn't stay at their small place, but they were very influential. And influence is not where you are alone. If you want to influence, then it means that you must go beyond where you are. In other words, you must come out from your comfort zone. You can never influence when you are so comfortable with what you have and where you are. If you are afraid of risk, you are afraid somebody will push you, you are afraid that you will miss it. You cannot influence anything in life. A church of influence has certain characteristics. And as we read this passage, you could see how the Macedonian church were. And this morning, that is what I want to share with us. We want to look at what church are we building. Our church should be an influential church. And having a, a church which is full influential does not only mean that you have cars around. Cars does not influence anybody. People will look at you that you have car. But hey, what do you contribute into the life? What is your effect on that person's life? The effect you have on that person's life will help the person to know that yeah, you have put something in him, you have impacted his life, you have, I mean, deposited something. Then the person will never forget. Influence is not talk. Just me saying it. But it is something which is practical. We talk and we do it. And there are characteristics. We look at the Thessalonian church. You look at the early church. The ass of the apostles. You see how they influenced the world. At that time, when things were so hard, pressed on them, they did influence the world. So much the Bible makes us to understand in the book of Acts. He said that even at one place when they got there, the people said that the people that turn a city upside down are here also. That is a kind of influence God has given to the church. We should be able to get to a point where we stand anywhere. Then people say, yes, these people are here. Things are going to be right. That is what God is looking out for the church to come to. You may say, Pastor, we have achieved something. That is not enough. You have not gotten there. In as much as you as an individual, you know that there is much, much more blessings for you. There is much, much more grace and higher level the church ought to go to. And we need to understand that. Today, I want us to look at some of these characteristics. The first characteristic I want to talk about is that an influential church is a church that is strong and sound. That church should be strong and sound. And in the Acts of Apostles chapter 2 verse 42, I just want to read that verse. He said, and they continually steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. That made them strong church and they were able to influence because as you continue, the Bible says that as they did that, fear came upon every soul. Fear came upon every soul. What is happening? This thing has not happened here before. They were afraid. What kind of force is coming? That is what God wants his church to be. 
Except that when you stand at a place, even when your name is mentioned, then you say, yes, these people are here. We can see the light. We can have solutions to our challenges. We will know what to do. Things will change. That's what we call influential church. So strong and sound church. Strong and sound people. If the church is strong, how will it become strong? Because one, it means that the members are steadfast in the teachings of Christ. If we can become influential, we should be steadfast. The Bible says they continue steadfast in the apostles' doctrine. The word steadfast means that walking in it, to live in, or to keep on doing, that is what they were doing. They never departed from the apostles' doctrine. And apostles' doctrine is simply the teachings of Christ. Because that is what they received. And so you read the book of Corinthians. Paul said that when he was ministering communion, he said, that which I received from the Lord Jesus Christ, that is what I give to you. They have something they call apostles' creed. Apostles' creed is not apostles' doctrine. And I want to clarify that. So you don't make apostles' creed as the apostles' doctrine. I believe in so so and so. I believe in the I believe in the I believe in the and recite it just like a run. No. It is the teachings of Christ. And Bible says that the disciples, when they heard the word and they gave themselves to the Lord, they continue. In other words, they didn't go back to do what they were doing first. They persistently followed the thing. It would have been maybe difficult for them because. You need to change your lifestyle. You need to change the way you do things. You need to learn how to pray. You need to do other things, but they did it. That was a church. They all came together and they decided we will not go anywhere. We will keep on learning it. We will work in it. We will follow it. That's what makes a church strong and sound. Because when you go to the teachings, you begin to know what we call pure and sound doctrine. The teachings of Christ, that is pure and sound doctrine. And so you do not deviate from it. You keep it. And therefore, it is not difficult for you to give simple answers to simple questions about your faith. Then you become strong. We were having a program here yesterday, seminar, and then somebody asked a question. He said, Pastor, so our children, if we begin to ask them, how, what is the doctrine of um, ICGC and blah, 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 you could see that some of them are fine and wanting. And I was saying in my head, the children cry, maybe they may be better. What about we the adults? If I'm to cause maybe five people here right now and to ask, what is the belief of ICGC? What is the philosophy? What is this and what is this? What is even the vision sometimes we even recite and we say them? It may be a different problem, issue. Asking about you yourself, your simple faith, your belief in Christ may even be a difficult thing. But Bible says that these people never deviated from it. They held on to it. They kept it. And they were always together. So it made them very strong. A strong church and a sound church is not when you have many people in the church. A strong church is not where miracles are just happening. Miracles doesn't even solidify many people. A strong church is not where people will say, oh, I have money. No, 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 no. People can just have all things and they may not be strong. It's where the people are steadfast in the teachings of Christ. The second thing is that a strong and sound church, you have people, they love to fellowship one another. The Bible talks about the fact that they did not only be steadfast in the apostles' doctrine, but the Bible says, and fellowship. Fellowship with one another. We learn to fellowship with one another. That is a strong church. That is what brings fear upon people. 
We don't just learn to be, oh, me, I don't care. I leave my life alone. God for us all. And not for us, we are these. And for me, this is not my class. And I have my class and all kind of things. No! That is a porous church. No! Me, I don't wear this dress. And I have people I go with. And this is this and this. And everything is become like show. No! If those things are in your mind, you find it difficult to even fellowship with your own brother. A strong and a sound church. The people learn how to fellowship. Because even in three, it is said, If you want to stand alone, you will fall one day. And if a church can become a force to reckon with, the church must be united. We will learn to fellowship. We will learn to share. Somebody who asked, Pastor, do I have to go in there? No, no, no. I'm not going into that. Because that one can take us a whole two messages. But I'm talking about fellowshipping. Just after service, jumping out. Because for you, you don't want to talk to anybody. Or somebody didn't talk to you when you started coming to church. And so you don't want to talk to anybody. No, that is not a strong church. That is not a strong church. Because for instance, sometimes if somebody even close to you, your own neighbor is going through this challenge, some of us, we don't even know. You don't even know. And you call your church, I go to Shakana Temple. My church is powerful. We have a big land. The building is nice. My pastor can preach well. It doesn't mean anything. If your pastor preaches well, and the word is not working amongst us, what is the meaning of that preaching? It just makes your name, your pastor's name powerful, but it doesn't make the church influential. The next thing they did was that they say they are prayerful and pray together. In other words, the individuals pray. They pray. They pray. And not just praying, but they learn to pray together. Sharing together. As you go and you know the challenge of somebody, then you pray with the person. You learn to pray together. You learn to put yourself together. That time I was telling somebody that you go to once um, the, the, the largest church in the world, Young Cho's church. I mean, he came from the Baptist. Young Cho, I mean, <laughs> preaching may not even fascinate you. When Young Cho is preaching, you will say, ah, what is he doing? He's playing or what? I wish more children or what? But this is a place where miracles work. They happen just by itself. Why? Because the members understand praying together. And when they say, let's pray, oh, at least half of the congregation will go down like this. They will all kneel down. And you will not hear them shouting. No, you will hear them. That time, someone was saying, the doctor said, he was preaching at the Holy Ghost, and he said, ah, I went to the university, and the, the students were praying, and they were saying, Ime, Ime, Ime. What, what, is, what was that? What is Ime? What, what is that? that? That is not prayer. That is not prayer. So, this young Joe church will just kneel down and you will hear them like quiet as if nobody is talking. But they are talking, pouring their heart, praying together, praying together. And miracles that happens there, you have no idea. Why? Because their heart is one. They believe in fellowshipping together. They believe in praying together. And that's what happened in the church of Art of the Apostles. In the early church, the Bible says they pray together. They fellowship together. And a strong church, strong and sound church is that the members are united for common purpose. In the heart of apostles, they were so much united for a common purpose. When even the persecution came, they were still linked together. Doing all things possible. And focus was the the, the purpose. They were just focusing on something and they said, we will never let this thing die. In our hands. That's why they became so influential. Some of them did not even brag that they are Christians. But God raised them up. Somebody like Stephen was just 
a congregation member became a deacon and he was so powerful. The Bible says even the Sadducees and the Pharisees could not stand his knowledge. And when they were even stoning him, he was smiling and looked to the heavens and said, I see heavens open. The Bible, we read the Bible, the Bible says that, and the people there sitting looking at him. When he was sitting before the Sanhedrin and the council, they were looking at him. The Bible says they were looking at the face and the face was changing like an angel. Because the heart was good. A church of influence, its members are not afraid of any attack that will come upon them. As you read Thessalonians, you realize that. Paul said, he said, even in your suffering, you still receive the word of God. That is what makes a church influential. Its members are so influential, not because they are rich, but because inside them, they know somebody is sitting there and that person is not the ordinary person, but that is God living in them. If we can become influential, then we have to be church which is strong and sound. Another characteristic is that God's word, God's word. An influential church, they receive God's word as the truth to guide them. The word of God becomes the truth. So for their guide, for their life, for what that they would do. And so they uphold the word of God very high. Who doesn't like truth? Because every one of us as a human being, we know that truth will lead us to the perfect place or destination. Truth is something that gives you the comfort of the heart. Truth restores every struggle that is in you. When truth comes to you, you know and you have assurance that something good is happening. Truth lifts up your hope and your aspirations. For instance, if I come to you and I tell you, tomorrow come and receive $10,000 and you know me that I am faithful and I have that money, what will happen to you? Just imagine that. And that is how we have to accept the word of God. When the people, Paul and the apostles, they went to them and presented the gospel, they took it as the word of God. They didn't take it as man's word. And became the truth for their life. So no wonder they became so influential. Because the word of God is so powerful to make you very influential. And let me chip in this. Maybe I'll talk about that, but not now. One of the biggest tools that Jesus used to influence the world is by his words. One of the biggest things. Most of the time we talk about miracles and miracles, but the truth of the matter was that Jesus was not focusing on miracles. He was focusing on the things that he said to the people. This is where that he used to establish the kingdom. He just speak them. As a matter of fact, even the miracles happen by his words. So any church that can become influential, its members must be rich in the word of God. Just as Colossians says that let the word of God dwell in you, what? Richly. Not in a poor way, richly. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 13, he says, For this reason we also thank God without ceasing. Look at it. He said, because when you received the word of God which you heard from us, you welcome it not as the word of man, but as it is in truth. The word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. That is it. If you receive the word from here as the word of God, and you give it a priority in your life, it will work in your life. It will bless your life. It will turn things for you. But if you take the word as, oh, it's John Grandpa who is preaching. Oh, Pastor, oh, but where the power? No, it's not the pastor, but word. It is looking at it, this is God's word. And when he's spoken, it brings blessings. So I receive it, I treat it as God's word, not the words of man. After all, whatever oil upon us, it is God who gives us the oil. Amen.
And sometimes some of us think that, oh, we are God. Fine, it's good you look at somebody as God. But whether you like it, he is not God. No pastor, no prophet is God. We are under the small oil to function. Hallelujah. So we, don't, we, don't, we, don't, we are not God. But take the word as God's word. That's why we say we are messengers. We carry a message and we give it to you. So ask yourself, who gave that message to the messenger? The book of John says that he that is sent of God speaks the word of God. So this is what Thessalonians did. And it helped them. And it became very influential. We want to hold the word of God in the highest esteem. Give it a priority in our lives. It's not only the church that is going to be influential, you will also become an influential. Because it is you that God will use to let it become influential to affect generations. Amen. The next thing is that comfort. They comfort. Somebody will say, hey, do they live? What I mean is that they comfort each other in Christ. They comfort each other in Christ. And that is what Thessalonian church did. The church in Thessalonica, they did that. And so you look at the book of First Thessalonians chapter 4, when Paul was talking about death and resurrection, the rapture and all those things. When people die, he said that. He said, use these words to comfort one another. There were people who learned not just to fellowship, but they comfort and even encourage one another. I said they comfort each other. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11, he said, Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another, just as you always are doing, or just as you always are doing. It means that it was a practice of the Thessalonica church. It wasn't then now that Paul was telling them. Paul saw the thing and by inspiration he said, yes, do it. And as you are doing, continue doing it. It is good. Because because of that, it helps people. If somebody is down and is close to you or a friend and all that, and you can't just say some encouragement words or comfort the person and all that you think is always bringing the people down, no. The church can never become influential. Amen. The next thing I want to talk about is that the gospel. How did they treat the gospel? They preached the gospel and support it to spread. Every influential church treats the gospel very well. In other words, they preach the gospel. They preach the good news. They go out and send message of salvation to people individually and as a church wherever they are they spread the gospel and they don't just preach it though, they support it to spread in other words if the gospel is to be preached somewhere they will support it financially they will support it with logistics and everything they need to support they can support it that's what the church was doing Every influential church preaches the gospel. They take salvation message very important. The dying souls is just there. They think about it. They think about the perishing. And let's face the reality. Do you know that all that we've been coming here to do every day is not the main mission God gave to the church. We just come and somebody will say, uh, we just come and get our eyes. Kofi Adama will say that in a way. Because we build ourselves, we come, yes, we have to teach you, we have to let you understand and all those things. But that is not all. When you are built, what do you do then? Go and speak the word. That is the main mission for the world. If the church can influence the world very well, Evangelism, so winning, the gospel must be preached. We should preach the gospel. Today is very sad when you tell Christians, let's go out and preach. They begin to mama. 
But you see, when you go out and somebody get born again, it is a joy. Because the Bible says that if even one soul gets born again, the angels rejoice. Why wouldn't we open up and start doing it? That is what makes you influential. That's what makes the church influential. Because as we spread the gospel, as we spread the gospel, they will know the Lord. You will live a living life in somebody's life. A living life. People may be dying slowly, but you giving the gospel to the person, the person receives life into his life. And Thessalonica did that. The Acts of the Apostles church there, they did that. You read the verse 8 of Thessalonica chapter 1 we read, he said that you, through you, the word of God has done was sounded. Sounded abroad. Through them. In other words, they were very evangelical. They preached the gospel. They handed the gospel. They spread the good news. That Jesus died. That is why we are all so free today. They became so much influential that they were able to go to Macedonia, Achaia, and all those places. They influenced, they saturated the gospel all over. And that is all we learned to do. If we can become influential church, we need to do that. Acts chapter 4, verse 31, just a simple one. We know all so many, some of them, so I'm just quoting one, one verses. You see, and when they had prayed, when they threatened them, and they said, don't mention the name of Jesus and blah, blah. The Bible says when they went up, they prayed together. The place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with what? The Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with what? Boldness. Sometimes I think about this passage very well. I ask myself, will I be able to do that? I heal somebody. They arrest me. They warn me. They give me some lashes. And they give me a warning. Go and don't mention the name of Jesus again. I go back. And then I pray. And I still have the edge. Will I really go back and preach? I won't pretend I'm an angel. I'm not an angel. I'm a human being. I will think about it very well. Hey, God. Maybe I may try to do it because the edge in me, but if even I'm doing it, I will do it slowly or maybe hide it somewhere because I don't want trouble. Amen. Yes, I'm saying that because I'm not an angel. And there are things that people, you deal with them, and when they don't take it right, and you, you're afraid, and you say, okay, next time, let me be careful. But these people, the Bible says, they went to their company, and when they went to the church, they started praying together. And they say, God, look at it. They are threatening us. But grant unto your servant with all boldness we may speak the word. Why didn't they say, oh God, we pray the Father, oh, you know, protect us, oh Father. Don't let us do anything that will mess us up, God. But they say, give us boldness to preach. We are willing to preach and we will preach and die. No wonder they became very influential in a short possible time. They say, God, give us boldness. We will speak the word. And God listened to them. And Bible says where they were praying, the spirit started shaking. The Holy Ghost took effect. It took over. Started shaking. Every prayer was, everybody was feeling the oil. I said, yes, we will speak it. And they went out and they started speaking it. And the Bible said the Lord added. The Lord added. The Lord added. And Macedonia Church went through the same problems. There were so many things happening to them. But as we read, it tells them that they kept on. They didn't give up because of persecution. Not because somebody has stepped on my toes. Not because of this and that. No! An influential church does not know somebody has stepped on my toes. All I know is I'm here to serve the Lord and do what God wants me to do. Imagine Ananias and Sapphira around this time. The Bible says, and they lack nothing. Every 
something was common to them. And then Ananias and Sapphira, yes, so Bible says, Joseph, one called Joseph, sold his thing and brought it, and nobody asked Ananias and Sapphira to go and say, This man who did the first thing, nobody asked him. He decided that I want to sell my land and bring it to support the work of God. Ananias used to look at that thing, hey, yeah, hey, you're a baby. It's not always people are doing things you also follow just without any reason. And now when they saw that thing, they look at the money. Hey! My land is going. So all this money. What am I trying to say? Bible says that when Ananias came and lied, he died. Peter said, we've lied to the Holy Ghost, died. The wife died. If it were today, today, the church will crucify Peter. It didn't, I mean, deter them and draw them away. They didn't say, oh, now Peter, is that what you are doing? We thought this and this. And no, 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 no. An influential church does not pick things which are not necessary and then use it to affect their Christian life. No, East members don't do that. And sometimes things that happen in, in us of apostles, the church, I wonder if it were today, what would have happened? What would have happened? And that is why they were so influential. The chief priests, governors, and all those in authority couldn't stop them. Because that is God at work. That is Christ in them. They were only looking to Christ and depending on him and knowing very well that he is the one who has mandated them and that is what they want, he wants them to do so they would do it. That is influential church. You spread the gospel with all boldness, without fear, without any fever, without anything. Then we become influential. Influential church, one of the classes is also become, it is very visible. It is seen, it is known. People see it and it is so clear. What, I mean, what do I mean by that? I say, they make its presence known and felt. We make the presence of the church known and felt. People know that this is it. In other words, wherever you stand, you declare what you have. Jesus says something. Look at it in Matthew chapter 10, verse 27. Then I will say what I want to continue to say. He said, whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. And what you hear in the ear, preach on housetops. In other words, the messages you hear from the pulpit, if they are sound doctrine, they are good doctrine, they are good words, and you may be hearing in this room, you don't keep it, you don't hide it. What Jesus is doing that you have seen in this place, you don't keep it and hide it, but you go out and sound it. You sound it. But for some of us, all that we know is, oh, I'll go to church, they are bored, oh, and no practice, no use it. You don't even use it to influence anybody. You don't use it to affect anybody. You don't talk about it, and you are just quiet. Jesus said, whatever I tell you in darkness, speak it openly. When I say things that in your ears, he said, don't stand even at the level ground. Go and get something on top and sound it. Hey. Say it. Some other religion will have a microphone and something, something, and around 4.30, they will sound it. They sound their God. You that have Christ, the right one, what do you do? You hide him. But I want you to know, you can't hide the church. It cannot be hidden. It cannot be hidden. And God wants us to be that which he wants us to be. We take our rightful place. We do what he wants us to be so that his glory will be seen. And the last thing I want to say is that influential church, one of his characteristics is support. Support. In other words, they have good supportive ministries in that church. No church can become influential if there are the supportive ministries are not there. If they are not good. We should have the good choir. We should have a good usher, good intercessors, very strong intercessors. We should have good protocol. We should have, I mean, every supportive thing that is needed for the church must be good. 
must be good. That is where it becomes very influential. You see, when it happens like that, whoever comes to the church has a place. But if your supportive system and all those things are not good, what will happen? It means that we are not going to function very well. Now, when I say ministry, what do I mean? I say they uphold the authority of Christ. Just look at somebody like Moses, Aaron, who are, and then Joshua. In the time when Moses was a pastor, these were the strong supportive team around him. And then goes down to the leaders of the 20s and the 70s, the elders of the tribe. And they were so effective. As my question was, that, how would Moses be able to pastor 3 million church members? But God did it. God did it. In times of even battle, they were dead. So they uphold the authority of the church. They provide support for the church. And they share the burden of the church. These are good supportive ministries. In other words, it's even individuals or whatever it is. You support, you uphold, you hold on to it. And you say, yeah, this is what God has given to us. This is what Christ left with us. And we will hold it and hold it well till we do what God wants us to do. You must be a pillar. I read Ezra chapter 17 verse 13, then I close. It said, but Moses' hand became heavy. So they took a stone and put it under him. And he sat on it. And Aaron and Hua supported his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. This was a time when there was a battle in Rephidim and then Moses told Joshua that, Joshua, gather men of war and go and face the enemy. I, Aaron, and whoever will go to the mountain of the Lord. What was he going to do? Bible says he went there. When he went there, he just lifted up his rod. He lifted up his rod like this. And as long as his hands were up, Bible says Joshua was winning the battle. As long as his hand was up. But the question was, how long? And Moses was now over 80 years. So the hand becomes weak. The Bible says anytime the hand becomes weak and he put it down, then the enemies prevail against Israel. And so what Aaron and Hua did was that they roll a stone and they put it there and they say, Moses, sit on it. So Moses sat on it and then he lifted up the rod and who were handed here, Aaron was here. They held the hand steady until the going down of the sun and Joshua got the victory for Israel. <laughs> what is it? When we hold and we have good support for leadership, for pastor, for the whole church, victory will always come to us. Victory will always come to us. Every influential church needs errors. Every influential church needs errors. He needs us. He needs Joshua's. And we cannot become influenced. Or we cannot influence people, we cannot influence things if we don't have the Aaron's and the Huas and the Joshua's in the church. Every church that has become influential have these people in place. That's what I put it simple. Good supportive ministries. In conclusion, conclusion, let me make this statement. I said, we don't want to be a popular church, but influential church and for good. Somebody say, Pastor, what are you saying? We don't want to be a popular church, but we want to be an influential church and for good. Somebody say, Ah, but Pastor, popularity and influential. I've come again with my controversial words. Popularity is not the same as influence. To become popular, haven't you see a, a drunkard in the community who is popular? There are a lot of drunkards who are popular than you. Amen. What does that do? He doesn't do anything. He is just there. People know him. They are for him. He drinks. Oh, oh! If you come to that place, 
Oh, you forget about that name. You, you tell them you want Joe Kobe. Joe Kobe. Everybody knows me. And so you go there, you say, Joe Kobe. Oh, Joe Kobe. Ah, I cannot tell you who. We ask them. They will easily direct you to the person. But ask those people, does it influence them? They will say what? No. We don't just want to be a church where people will say, I see Jesus. Shekana Temple, church, church, oh, I see Jesus, Shekana Temple. Oh, no, that is not enough. That is not enough. We want to be influential. Let your name be mentioned. And let people say, yes, this person has impacted my life. You don't want to be a popular person. That for people for knowing you sake. But you don't add any value to their lives. God has not purposed that for you. And that is not your portion. God has planned that you will be influential. When people mention your name, they will know what they are saying. They will feel it. In a can, people say that, ah, me then. I'm sorry. That means that the person has impacted their lives. May God help us. May he grant us grace that we can uphold the truth, his word, do that which he wants us to do so that we become influential people, not only to become a popular people on the surface of the earth. Thank you very much. God bless you. We're glad you made time to listen to this sermon. For more of these messages, please search for Reverend John Cramper on Google Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ICGC Shekinah. Stay blessed.